Those Space People is a podcast series of casual cosmic conversations with people working on exciting space projects. Today, we have Christina Nikolaus with us, who is the co-founder and managing director of Okapi Orbits. Okapi is a new space startup that provides risk monitoring and collision avoidance services. Christina is currently located in Braunschweig, Germany. Welcome to the show, Christina. Hi, everyone. Christina, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to co-found Okapi Orbits? Yeah, sure. Actually, I have a classical business background. I worked in the corporate environment for several years at bigger companies like Daimler AG or Siemens. And they're in different positions, such as market manager in the field of quality management and certifications. So this is basically where I come from. After I worked in the bigger companies, I found out that I'm really interested in informatics and technology more. So I pivoted more to the informatics field in my master's studies. I learned a little bit of programming by myself just to make sure that I gain a better insight into things that are elementary for the innovations to come. So And um, even though at that time I really liked my job and also saw all the great opportunities corporates offer you, I was always curious about startups and innovation. So I visited in my free time a couple of startup events, talked to a lot of founders and got the deeper insight into the startup ecosystem, which was really interesting for me at that time. More kind of an accident, I found my co-founders via our university website and we founded a copy orbits together in late 2018. And it all started very casually. We met in bars, talked about the business idea, the industry, um, how the products could look like and how the market evolves. And then we're back home to do our homework, to do proper market research, check the competition, etc. on the internet. And then we got back to our bar, talked again about the stuff. And um, with the time, it got more and more serious. Um, we um, worked on the first business plan in 2018 applied for the first governmental grants, uh, built the first prototypes, and then we founded Okapi. Can you tell us a bit more about what exactly Okapi does? We develop an AI-based collision avoidance service, uh, which makes it very easy to keep satellites safe in orbit. And with this, we want to give satellite operators the opportunity to be sustainable in orbit, but also to save a lot of money in their operations and extend the lifetime of their satellite. This is just a part of our space traffic management approach. So our vision is to build a big space traffic management platform where we fuse a lot of data from multiple data sources to keep our orbits clean and to avoid the emission of space uh, debris with all activities in space proactively. So um, now we have about 11 employees. Um, our company is two and, a, two and a half years old. We closed our first investment round and onboard great business angels lately uh, who support our business with their experience and also their knowledge about the space industry. Wow, that's, that's a lot of uh, great progress since the last time we met. Um, so one question I've always had is your services are intended at the satellite operators, but there is also a lot of publicly available information and softwares for, you know, space object databases and for space object tracking uh, by ESA, the European Space Agency, as well as, for instance, NORAD also publishes these two-line elements about space objects. So given all this publicly available information out there, uh, why would satellite operators choose to use your services? Yeah, I think this is a very good question. And I think it's the same. Um, you could easily compare it with the weather uh, market. So 
why do people use weather apps, given there's also public available weather data? And I think because it's really convenient to use an app and see how the weather is without searching your information, it's really easy accessible and you get all information in one place where you can directly use it um, as your information source. And the, uh, in our case, as a data source to act um, act on it. So um, do, uh, going to NORAD or better 18th SPSC, um, this provides raw data only. That data required uh, requires processing and thus personal to do the processing. And this processing is not an easy step. So it's um, not looking at weather data you need um, you um, have to have the right knowledge to process this data. And uh, acting purely on NORAD data leads to too many avoidance maneuvers. So it's a really hard step to optimize your maneuvering based on this raw data only if you don't have the right processing tools. And um, a third thing is that using data from a single source, such as NORAD, this includes biases and as well leads to too many false positives. So I think there's a big value in gathering a lot of different data sources and give the best data set possible to uh, execute and plan your maneuvering and operations of your satellite. Okay, yeah, that's a really nice analogy. So these services are really quite exciting. They definitely make life easier for satellite operators. But how ready is the market to accept or how ready is the market for these kind of services? You know, do you think the governments will initially have to foot the bill to encourage them or push them in this direction? Or are they already ready? Uh, that's also a very great question. So what we actually think and what our perspective and perception of the market is currently is that um, there are two, two different kinds. So there are one kind of satellite operators which uh, face a big issue and a big problem in evaluating data and doing collision avoidance uh, maneuvering. Um, this one kind where people see also the economic effects if they maneuver and the value that this optimization brings them. On the other hand, we have other satellite operators but don't see the necessity to act sustainable. And also, I think this satellite operators where they don't really face the economic challenge and don't see the necessity to act sustainable, there we need the state or the, uh, the politics to, you know, uh, enforce acting sustainable. Because if we have one big collision, then the orbits will be a total mess for all um, activities in space. And this is a big issue. The government, I think, plays a really important role in pushing and giving, uh, giving the right legal basis uh, for everyone as a guideline how to act. Yeah, but on the other hand, um, we developed this commercial service and for sure we want to, um, there's a business case behind that. So we see that already now, uh, even though the market is very early and um, we have a lot of test users and their perception is quite good. So we get valuable, uh, valuable feedback that um, the satellite operators who see, who face the economic challenge, really see the benefit in having a complete independent data pool, uh, having it ex uh, easy, easily accessible, and also see the value which our platform brings that we have predictions whether to maneuver or not very, very early based on our AI methods and really allow to maneuver very early to. Um, yeah, safe, valuable uh, satellite lifetime and also costs. 
So the services that you are going to offer to satellite operators are quite new. You're one of the first uh, or probably one of the first very few startups trying to offer this. So did you face any challenges? I'm sure you must have faced a lot of challenges in uh, when talking to potential customers. Can you tell us about what kind of challenges you faced? So as you said, there are multiple challenges you face as a startup, especially if you try to target a market which is really early and new. I think one of the biggest challenges in the beginning of our startup was a general problem with advisors and advices. And this uh, relates to customers as well as, as uh, to all other people giving you advices. Because what happens in most of the cases is that you, as a young startup, get really smart people, really experienced people to give you very good advices and everything makes sense. And you see, okay, it's, uh, it's valid what people say and what the people tell me, what customers tell me what they want. It's all valid. But sometimes it's really hard because advisors and also customers sometimes tell complete opposite things. So um, this is a point where we struggled, I think at the beginning a lot to change our mindset and to believe in ourselves and to evaluate why do people say what they say. And um, even though everything makes sense to evaluate what advice I'm listening to and when I'm going to change what I develop because a customer said so. Um, and what advice is um, finally, I just keep in my mind and um, don't act on. So I think this was very hard and it has a lot to do with evaluating from which perspective uh, people tell you things and also to then commit stick to your plan and execute them. And if you fail, you do it again. And to change to this mindset. I think this was a really big challenge. And a second big challenge, which we haven't seen before when we wrote all the business plans and thought about the idea, is the legal topic. I think, especially in space, where you have, you're very close to military and the government and everything. Legal, uh, the legal topic is quite important. And there are really big issues. Um, it's really complex. Um, and to find a good lawyer uh, or good lawyers in their different fields to support you and who give you the feedback to really set up a product which is legally secure. And um, with this also to realize that you as a founder can't do everything yourself. You have to get good people onboarded to support you. And I think this was a big topic we haven't seen at the beginning. The, the third thing also related to customers is that sometimes people tell your idea is not great. Your idea won't uh, be good in the future. And to take this feedback, even though it hurts, and to go back home, do your homework, um, see where's the point, why is it valid, why is it not valid, and to refine the plan and then go and execute it again and try out and um, build your own uh, opinion on that and take this serious and don't be too discouraged if people tell you the idea isn't valuable. I think these were the three biggest challenges. Speaking of satellite operations, that's one area in the space sector that, that is going to be automated uh, very soon in the near future. Does Okapi also want to get into this area of automating satellite operations? Because then you will be able to offer a complete service to satellite operators. That's right, that would be one uh, possible extension of our service. But what we see 
um, is we're really specialized in the risk monitoring and the orbital mechanics in this field. So, and we see that um, there are really good companies out there who do satellite operations, also very good. And I think the value would be more in a cooperation with the satellite operating company, which are much more mature than us. And I think it's more complementary doing the collision avoidance parts, doing the statistics, doing all the calculations, and then giving it to someone else in the supply chain to really operate and execute the satellite operations. I think our approach is that we go more to the other side, extending our services to giving a whole holistic overview about the space debris environment and going more to a general overall monitoring of different space actors. So we are uh, developing in in other direction than um, going to the satellite operations field. So if someone wants to get into this field in the area of space debris monitoring or tracking, what is the skill set needed? I would say hard skill uh, side. It's for sure aerospace engineering degree, maybe with the focus on astrodynamics, flight dynamics or uncertainty calculations. I think this is a good profile. We also on our team have a lot of data scientists. This is a big advantage as well because what we do is a um, fusion of data science with aerospace engineering, also computer science with folks on cloud computing, data stream processing. This is something really valuable if you want to um, pursue a career in this field. And I think, in my opinion, the soft skill side is the really, maybe the important, uh, the more important uh, side there, um, I think it's very good if you're self-reliant and creative to find new ways to trying out new methods and being open for change. I think this is very valuable for startups or in young companies. And as I said, our biggest challenges and how we do things and in my opinion, failure culture is also something very important there where you have to be uh, brave enough to discard things if they don't work out and to quickly start a new try as fast as possible. So I think this is very, very uh, necessary for software companies, young companies. Um, I think the hardware uh, field uh, may be different, but in our field, that's very important. And the last thing what we see or what I think is very important is the, the team. So you have to be a team player. I think this is a, gen a general thing, especially for the space industry, that people are good in one thing and need some, and most of the time someone else is better in the other thing and you have to work together. So it's um, really important that you're a team player and get along with your colleagues and are able to work on joint projects. So if space enthusiasts or young professionals want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach you? Best way is to drop me a message on LinkedIn and then yeah, we would talk from there. Thank you very much, Christina. You've given us very interesting insights into what Akapi does and what are the general challenges. And thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to be with you here and thank you.